for episode of the Athletics Productions podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Um, today, we are joined all the way from Norway by one of their fastest young athletes going at the moment. Um, this guy's also got an amazing YouTube channel, so I'm going to let him plug you in when he's good and ready. But I want to welcome Matthias Johansson, all the way from Norway, to Sir. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> Thank you. What's going on? What's going on? Tell us what's been... How's your quarantine been going? How's training been? It's been all right. Uh, yeah, you mentioned my YouTube and I'm just starting to upload uh, videos of my training the mm. past month. And uh, yeah, I think it's been going better and better. Uh, it was in March. It was a little bit hard on the motivation, but I've been training all right all the time. Uh, we've just switched up the training a little bit because uh, we haven't been able to go on a training camp so we've yeah. uh, been doing a little bit uh, shorter breaks between the sprints than we were supposed to as the weather isn't that ho as hot but we're starting to uh, pick up the speed okay cool um so where you said that your training's kind of varied seeing as you can't make um like the training camps and stuff how is it varied? So I imagine by now you would be in like a more speed-based um, style of training. Bearing in mind that now you haven't done probably a proper full block of training for the past three months or so. How has that, um, how has that been? How has it been to try and compensate for everything that you've missed out on? Yeah, it's been, it's been okay, I think. We've just been focusing on different things than we would uh else otherwise uh yeah of course we were yeah as you said we were supposed to have a bit more speed training right now but uh so we just prolonged the sort of long sprint endurance period that we usually have around uh, easter um and uh yeah we're starting to the weather here is starting to get a little bit better now so in the start of june we may get to pick up the speed a little bit more and do uh, more of a speed block before the season gets going. Okay. So, do you, are you going? Are you going to have a season? You know, for the rest of the season, because I think for most of us, our season is pretty much done. <laughs> We're not. I, think, I don't think we have any competitions going on. Are you still planning on competing, or are they just some major events? Yeah. So, uh, usually we have the national championships in August. Uh, and now this year it was supposed to be in june like really early for us but then it got moved to september now so we have the national championships in september um but uh the restrictions on competition ha competitions has been really uh there have been a lot of restrictions but now it's not as much uh just a couple of days ago um we were starting to get allowed to run in everlane uh so we can oh. So we can run competitions with up to 50 people, I think. Uh, so now my season has pretty much changed uh, the last couple of days. Because uh, <laughs> really, I was just supposed to go uh, to south of Norway and uh, run a couple of races with a friend of mine, uh, Evan Mindset. Uh, he's yeah. in some of my videos. He's a junior European bronze medalist in 200. Yeah. Uh, and he, we were going to do some competitions together, just me and him and maybe another guy. But uh, suddenly, a couple of days ago, I found out that I will uh, run the Impossible Games on Bislet. Uh, 
it's uh, it's um, instead of the Bissell games, they have the Impossible games. So Carson Warholm is going to run like 300 meter hurdles alone, uh, and we have a skier who is going to run 10,000, and uh, Sandra Muen is going to run 25k, and he's going, oh, to, <laughs> he's going to try out uh, like a one hour. Uh, like as far as possible and 20k and 25k in the same race <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so <laughs> what? yeah and do you know who salum kashafali is yes. no i can yeah. i don't know <laughs> well he he like really broke through in norway last year uh he's been running like yeah 1050 for several years and he's been injured a bit but uh, a couple of years ago also he ran 1018 uh, with a 3.5 uh, tailwind. But last year, um, he got certified as a para-athlete because he really doesn't see anything straightforward. He has like 4% uh, sight in I front of him, but he can see like on the sides. So then he broke the then he broke the world record for T12, I believe, several times. And he's going to run the 100. And it was only supposed to be him, but... A couple of days ago, I found out that I could join him. So that will be oh, fun. Oh, good. <laughs> so would that be um, with a crowd or would that just be an empty, an empty track? Yeah, well, it's going to be a pretty much empty track, I believe. But they said they were going to be like creative to <laughs> make it feel just like... Put some, put some speakers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I don't have a lot of information. Uh, but it's, it's probably just an empty stadium and uh, but it's going on tv here so okay so it will kind of almost be like like a training session yeah because in obviously when you're training apart from maybe like your group and whoever else is around you're pretty much on your own so if the stadium's empty you just i suppose you'd kind of just be like oh, okay well you know it's not so bad <laughs> you just don't have the the cheer of the crowd to kind of push you on yeah so it, it will be different but usually so we don't have. You... have... <laughs> what? Oh yeah, I was gonna say, what have you um got planned for that then? So are you now changing your training plan for the next few weeks? Or when is this competition going up? Is it June or July? Yeah, the the competition is uh, the Impossible Games is the eleventh of uh, June. Uh, oh, that's, and I... that's hell. That's like two. <laughs> that's a week, <laughs> a week, two weeks time. Yeah, so it will sort of be uh we will just get into like the speed training so i will use it as speed training uh or like top speed uh, a top speed session uh, but i was supposed to start my season uh the 8th uh, of june i was going to run 100 and a 300 uh so it's not that much different i'm going to uh so when i found out i i found out that i would run i will run 150 here locally uh, on tuesday and then six days later, I run a hundred, and then two day, three days after that, I'll run the Impossible Games. Sounds like you got a busy schedule, man. Yeah, <laughs> I like to run. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you um, have you changed anything gym wise? Um, have you been going to the gym? Do you have an home gym set up, or are you just a circuit get to the track and just do your circuits kind of guy? Biometrics. Yeah. We. Um... Well, all the gyms closed, So, but I was lucky and got some weights from our stadium uh, to have at home. Uh, so I have a roof out in my garden where I've been uh, training some weights. Uh, but 
we've started we have started to do lighter weights uh, this period so it's not been too heavy uh, but yeah it's uh, i've been doing my strength sessions and uh, some plyometrics and uh, yeah pretty much most of it has been going as expected oh. <laughs> outside right. of track and field what else do you do i do some weightlifting but it's been less and less the last year um i started doing some olympic weightlifting uh in the like around january 2017 mm-hmm. uh, so i've been competing a little bit in uh, olympic weightlifting too i have uh, i have two bronze medals from like nordic junior championships uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you go to the europeans that same year as well what didn't you go to the european juniors that same year yeah in the 200 yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you balance both things together well usually uh the like the weightlifting season is pretty much spread out like through all the year i don't quite understand it <laughs> but uh like the competitions i've been doing have been in october november uh and so really i've just been like in the 2017 2018 and 2019 season uh or mostly 2017 and 18 uh, I did, like when everyone else went off season, I went weightlifting season. <laughs> so like straight after the national championships in the end of August, I just started like getting used to the weightlifting in September, uh, just doing technique and stuff. And I found out that uh, I really maintain my max strength really easily. So I don't have to do a lot to get back to my max. max uh, like this year, I only had one competition in the 29th of September. So I started in the, I, th- I believe like at the very end of August, start of September, I started doing a little bit of weightlifting. Uh, and then 29th of September, when I had my competition, I did a PB in my in both snatch and clean and jerk. <laughs> so it was, like, <laughs> it was really like, uh, I didn't expect it because in training I had I had done like 103 and 120, and then in the competition I did 114 and 144. So, <laughs> so have you adapted both things into your program for the wins to go into like a indoor season? Do you do any indoors? I think you you do a 60, don't you? You, you do 60 meters. Yeah, 60 and 200. Yeah, so in the indoor season, how do you adjust your gym stuff? He also does long jump as well. Don't I know. <laughs> yeah, I tried it out. <laughs> so, so how do you adjust your program from the weightlifting, or do you just sort of add it like into your plan? Yeah, so usually when we go into the indoor season, uh, we don't differ our training that much. So we don't build up to the indoor season the same as the outdoor season. Uh, we pretty much just lower the volume and train pretty much the same uh, before competitions. So um, we do, like in November, December, we do a lot of volume, both in short sprints and uh, endurance runs and strength-wise. And then when we get to January, February, I might do like two long sprint sessions just to get ready for uh, the 200 and uh, and we just start uh, lowering the volume a lot so we can get a little bit higher intensity before the competitions and then we use the competitions as speed training so 
after the indoor season, we just get right back into uh, the training towards the outdoor season. So, but this year uh, I've done a lot less like maximal lifting. So after the 29th of September, when I did my competition, I've just been maintaining the strength. Uh, I've not been trying to so, increase my lifts, but I did. I did anyways. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I've like um, in the in the power clean. Uh, mostly in training, I didn't go above 110, uh, and we did a test in December, like a maximal test, and I I PB'd in the hand hand clean by 10 kilos, uh, or n- nine kilos. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So I found out that mostly by doing a lot of explosive work, I, I maintain my maximum. You maintain. Yeah. All right. So how have you, how have you then um, mixed both sides? Like, so what do your coaches say, for instance? Do your co- are your coaches a bit worried about your Olympic weightlifting? Or because obviously for some athletes, coaches is a bit of a weird thing for someone to be lifting and competing at the same period or without any rest because you pretty much would have no rest so how have they you know coped that with you and agreed you know all this with you well my coach uh we did we i started doing like olympic lifts uh when when i was 15 i believe uh doing athlete when in the sprint training uh so i started learning uh, cleans and uh, and um snatch uh, while doing sprinting uh, but then in it was in 20 in the start of 2017 at like uh, we have every year and at the first of january um, the town has like uh, honoring for norwegian championship uh, norwegian champions uh, right. and then i met the weightlifters there and they had seen my lifts on instagram so we started talking uh, and we just uh, agreed that I would start training like once a week with them just to get better technique. Uh, so mostly the Olympic weightlifting training I've been doing, uh, I haven't been doing any more than, or I'll, maybe a little bit more than the other guys in my group, but I've, I've not been doing a lot more uh, Olympic weightlifting than I would otherwise. I've just been having a, li- a little bit more focus on technique. And my coach is very positive about that because it's like when I get better technique or if I was supposed to do cleans anyways, if I just focus more on technique, I'll probably get a little bit more back from it and uh, also less injury. Um, yeah, like a positive yeah. transfer. Yeah, because it, yeah, maybe more positive transfer because it's like better technical for my body and, and um, uh, yeah, less chance of injury because if you're lifting wrong, that's usually when you get injured. Uh, but so, so my coach has been, yeah, he's, he thinks it's not, it's uh, good and, uh, yeah, but I, I've been, I've been starting to competing, to compete less, uh, the last year. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And is that cause you're getting better at the sprints? Cause every year your PBA seems to have come down and down every single year. So is that because you're getting better at the sprints and you're thinking maybe I should put slightly more focus on this side of athletics or is that just naturally happening? Are you just going with the groove? Uh, I think, well, I think that I've, I felt like for the last year uh, when I've been doing less maximal strength, I've had more energy for the, for the other parts of training. So I okay. think it's been positive, but 
because I believe I've uh, through the last years I've gotten up to like a point of uh, maximal strength and power that at least vertical power like in the cleans and and the snatches I've come up to a point where uh, like a point of diminishing return so if I work a lot more on it uh, I'll, I'll use a lot of energy to do it but maybe I won't get as much back so I feel like uh, by just maintaining I've, I've got I've gotten more energy for the other parts of training oh good so what do you prefer <laughs> but uh, in sprinting and uh, lifting yeah well I love to like max out some lifts uh, a couple of times, but but uh, I'd, I'd rather do a PB in the running. Yeah, but what, what is the better feeling? Because obviously, doing a max lift, you get a sort of adrenaline pump, but also winning the championships, for instance, there's yeah. also a similar feeling, but which one gives you more, um, which one would you say, like, you know, you're more, you get more excited about? Yeah, I get, I get more excited about a race, I do. But to be other people, because it'd be several other people. <laughs> yeah, but but also like I think uh, the comp competitions in weightlifting, uh, I think um, I've gotten like a good experience from the competitions in weightlifting, like handling nervousness and stuff. Uh, I, I le I've learned from the weightlifting competitions as well, because it's pretty like at least when I've I've come from sprinting and I'm doing like. I think like my third weightlifting competition was the Nordic Junior Championships, uh, and I was like super nervous, uh, and I was missing my warm up lifts <laughs> up towards the the competition because you only have three tries. Uh, like you start with a snatch, and you only had three lifts total. So, okay. uh, in the warm up, I was like totally missing out my lifts because I was so nervous. But when I got up on the stage, I I gathered my thoughts and I, I, I hit every lift. So I think like the mental part uh, I've learned uh, also from the weightlifting competitions. So uh, I think it's been fun to do some competitions in the off season in the weightlifting. Helps you psychologically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. So what's the spot like in Norway? What athletics? The... Yeah, what athletics like in Norway? How is it taken in Norway? Um, compare? Or do you guys know much about the British side of it, or do you guys just sort of do your own thing? I don't know a lot about British sprinting or athletics. It's uh, I know you have like some school championships, yeah, uh, and uh, I know a lot more people do it in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, I don't believe... Well, I think athletics in Norway has been pretty small for the last years. Uh, I know, like, internationally, Norway was doing pretty well in the 90s. Like, everyone always talks about, like, the great 90s. Uh, we had uh, several good people in every event. Like, and uh, also, well, in the, middle, in the middle of the 2000s, uh, we were doing really poorly, and but by, by the end of the 2000s, we had Andreas Torkelsen in the javelin. But other than that, I don't believe we had a lot of um, yeah international uh, people in athletics. But for the last couple of years, we have gotten like Carson and Ingebrigtsen, and um, the Ingebrigtsens live like 
20, win 20 minutes for me. And here we have <laughs> what we call like the Ingebrigtsen effect, because we're starting to get a lot of more young people in the, into athletics now, probably because of, because of Carson and uh, Ingebrigtsen and other people doing well. So it's starting to get bigger, but uh, other than that, than that it's, uh, it hasn't been like huge for the past couple of years, I believe. Okay, because um, they, the Ingebrigtsens, for instance, like when they were competing in the World Championships, I know a few, like they were very, very well promoted in the UK, for instance, like they were very, very well um, talked about. So you know, I'm, I'm guessing that's the same thing for you guys as well. You know, if you see people at the international level, Olympic level athletes competing, you know, it motivates you guys a lot more. Mm. And probably drives a lot more interest into the sports as well. Um, what about the junior level? So uh, when you were in school, was it through school you go into athletics or was it just, again, you watching on TV and just decided I wanted to go into this? Well, uh, when I was younger, I was always like the fast guy in class. Um, <laughs> and uh, actually in the first time I thought about trying uh, athletics was in 2009. Uh, and I started, uh, I started in uh, the club where I'm now. I started in a group, uh, but I just really wanted to do sprinting. And I, I started right after the season ended. I didn't know when the season was. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I just started in like sort of, the, sort of a, well, for me, it was like a boring training period because yeah, the hard happening. training block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and we were doing like a lot of long runs and intervals and, uh, yeah. And I, I didn't like get to know anyone, uh, really well. So I, I stopped after about a month, I think. Uh, but, uh, and then from 2009 to 2012, I was just like playing football and roller skating <laughs> and, um, uh, then in 2011, a guy on my football team started uh, training uh, sprinting, or he started he started in like the the basic group where all the kids do everything, but he was like crazy fast compared to the other guys. He was uh, he was early uh, he was early developed, yeah. so he got so he got to start training with the sprinting group, um, and then he broke. Yeah, he was like the best in the nation. Uh, in the 400 uh, and he broke like every club record uh, in like every distance from 60 to 600 and um, <laughs> yeah from so, 60 to 600 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and long jump and ball throw and uh, yeah like every everything uh, so and I thought and I was tr uh, both of us were playing defense um, in our football team none of us were like really good technically uh, with the football we just kicked it far and ran fast and, run. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking that, yeah, I'm, I'm not that much slower than him. So, uh, so I, I started, uh, or I asked if I could join the group and then I started training with them in like October, 2012. Um, and I did my first, then I just started like training twice a week and I trained twice a week football. Uh, and then I trained more and more and by like May, 2013 so after like six months uh, i found out that i would just quick quit football because i found out that <laughs> i just loved running so okay. that was how i got into it 
Oh, cool. That's what, I think that's pretty much the same thing as I did. I sort of just quit football and just went, actually, I enjoy beating people constantly until <laughs> yeah. you get to the next stage. So competition-wise, um, what's the best competition you've been to? Atmosphere and the unhill thing. Okay, atmosphere. Uh, I think, have you heard about the Karsten Warholm International? No. <laughs> okay. So so last no. year. <laughs> yeah, cuz uh, I don't I only think they like stream it on the Norwegian TV channels. But last year Kirsten created his own um, like invitational meets uh in Ulsteinvik. It's like a small island where he's from uh up in like okay. northwest of Norway. Uh and that must be like probably one of the best atmospheres uh, I've been in because it's it's an indoor track, but they fill up like the whole the whole track, like the stadium, every like the side of the lanes, every place where you can have people, it's filled up because it's Carson's birthday uh, okay. <laughs> and everyone comes there to like celebrate and uh, and he gets uh, like Pavel Maslak was there. Uh, Sam Kendricks was there this year um and there was um who was it uh Echia Vera the the long jumper long jumper uh and uh, yeah several like stars and that atmosphere was amazing <laughs> okay also- did you go you know when you were on the i think you were on the 20s you went to the world juniors did you go to the yeah. world juniors yeah, yeah. That must be I my was, best competition ever. So, how was that experience for you? <laughs> it was it was uh, amazing because, like, the 2016 season is still like I'm still pro- uh, like trying to sort of live up to that season. Uh, I going going into the 2016 season, my PB was 2200, uh, and in July at the World Under 20s, I ran 2100. Uh, okay. So in the span of four months, I went from 22 to 21 uh, flat, um, and that yeah, that competition just everything everything just clicked. Uh, so yeah, that that must be like every race I sort of every race I ran run now I sort of uh, compare it to that race because that's when like everything clicked. So I feel like now I'm. I'm better because I'm running like almost the same times. Like last year, I ran twenty one zero one twice, uh, and I'm running like almost the same times a lot, uh, a lot of the time. But uh, I don't have like the same amazing feeling that I had that day. Okay. So it was, um, yeah. I, I remember I started out the season with like breaking my personal best easy, running like twenty one ninety six. Uh, and I, I barely on the like the last day before qualifying to the U twenty championships, I ran. The qualifying uh, time was twenty one thirty five, and I ran twenty one thirty two like the day before uh, qualifying ended. Uh, and I thought uh, when I was running into the U twenty, I thought, yeah, I can run faster because there's some things I can fine tune. So um, I was. I was thinking that I could beat the year 18 
uh, age group record, national age group record of 21-25, I believe, or 21-28, I think it was. So I thought, yeah, I can run 21-25. If everything goes right, I'll run 21-25. And yeah, and, and that day I just felt amazing. I went out and ran twenty-one zero zero. Uh, it was like, what is going on? Uh, and yeah, I just, that day I just left everything on the track. Cause afterwards I was like breathing heavy for like 45 minutes. I was puking <laughs> twice. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good experience. So was that like, um, your sort of introduction to this is why I do this sport, you know, this is why. I will not be here. And obviously, do you still own that record? Yeah, I still have the age uh, 18 uh, or under 19 age record. All right, good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well. So what, um, sorry, what was that? <laughs> yeah, you asked if like it was my introduction to like why I wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I believe it was the year before. I really found out because that was when we went we went to the under eighteen um, under eighteen world championships in Colombia, uh, and that was really when I found out that I uh, yeah after the under eighteen uh, champs I found out that yeah that was amazing I really want to do this uh, again. All right. So, are you sponsored by anyone? I have one, I got one sponsor this year, uh, JBM Products. It's like yeah, almost a local like uh, metal company. <laughs> All right. Hey, got something. A lot of people, you know, <laughs> have not got it. So that's, that's good for you, obviously. Yeah, so um, I got a little bit. And how did you get into your YouTube channel? I think that's, so, that's another thing. Uh, I think that's how we pretty much knew you and um, with some of the work you've done as well. Um, how did you get into that? Was that just something you just got really interested in? Or as you got better at sprinting, you just decided to start filming some videos and then realized you're putting on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, really, I've been, I think I've been making videos longer than I've been sprinting, really. Uh, it's, uh, I've, al I've always loved like making videos. When I was little, I was making like little stupid videos on, uh, on, uh, yeah, like my cousin made a potato cannon and I was filming it and put it into Windows Movie Maker and put it in slow motion, even though it was like 10 frames per second. And it was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've made like, uh, I have another channel where I have like a couple of gaming videos. I made like three gaming videos and thought maybe I should do this, but I never got into that. And uh, I started making some... Like, do you know aggressive inlines? Do you know what that is? Like roller yeah. skates where you yeah. like go on um, uh, grinds and stuff. <laughs> I did that for a while. <laughs> and yeah, I, tried... I thought that was more of an American thing, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I was like, uh, yeah, because I've always been watching YouTube and I found out about it through YouTube. And uh, I started making, I made like two uh, aggressive inline videos uh, in 2012. And uh, so when I started doing athletics, uh, I got less and less time to make sort of videos. So in 2016, I started filming a bit of my 
training and uh, stuff like that. So just to get something to edit, because uh, I really wanted to do more editing. So I just started filming on training. And then in 20, January of 2017, I made my first vlog. And at that time, I felt like really cringy doing it. And it was like <laughs> weird because uh, I was t I was talking English and that's really like, uh, I wasn't used to talking English on, t on camera and uh, stuff like that. So after a while, I uh, in the middle of 2017, uh, I started talking Norwegian uh, instead, but I found out that was just started getting more cringy. <laughs> I don't know why, but, uh, and then I found out that like, if I want to reach out to more people, I should talk English. So in the end of 2017, I started talking English again in the videos. And since that, I've just been doing more and more videos because in 2018, I started like the road to 20 series. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And, uh, Norwegian and put subtitles at the bottom in English. Yeah. <laughs> one stone. What? That way you kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, it's very, very time consuming, consuming though. So I would probably just like never get to <laughs> put them out. Do you never get um, people just um, ask you questions like, oh, can you put that in a French subtitle, please, or something like that? <laughs> we, we get that a lot. <laughs> oh, actually. Yeah, you know. <laughs> last uh, my last video was one guy asked me if I could speak some Russian <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because people just assume we can just do these things and we're just gonna like we're not very very good in a lot of the languages you know it's something that I would love to be able to do you know just speak different languages while <laughs> I'm speaking but yeah. obviously it doesn't work like that for everyone and it's quite hard mm. yeah you know well probably yeah, if you grow a bit, maybe you can hire like yeah, some translators. Oh, that will be that will be good. One million, one million follow um, subscribers, yeah. and then and then we'll do it. <laughs> I've got a question for you. So in 2018, you ran a 150, which was timed at 15:57. Yeah. Fortunately, it was ratified as a record because the wind was not recorded. Yeah. When you read, when you heard that, how did that make you feel? Uh, it was really unexpected because, uh, well, I have to tell you that the wind was, we had a lot of tailwind. Uh, oh. So, so, but it was like, when I heard it, it was like, what does this even mean? Because I was like expecting to run 15.8 or something. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and it was... I believe it was my season opener as well. So, um, and my goal that year was to run, uh, I wanted to run like 2080 and qualify for the European champs. Uh, yeah. That didn't happen, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was just like, sort of, the time was so fast that I, I didn't like really know what to feel about it. <laughs> Okay. And of course, it was a lot of tailwind and we we didn't get the measurement and uh, stuff like that. Even though there was a lot of tailwind, did you still feel like you knew that you were running fast at that point in time? Yeah, I was feeling really fast. I think I've never felt like that fast that early in the season. Uh, and uh, that season, I really ended up like chasing the European standard the whole season. And I ended up running a lot of 200 meters. Uh, yeah. And many of the competitions felt like yeah this was the competition 
I felt like I was running sub 21, but uh, then we got like headwind and uh, and uh, suddenly one of the meets, everyone was running slow and it was like, yeah, what's what happened here? Uh, like uh, one guy, Jonathan Quarko, we were in the same race Whoa. and he, he hasn't run over 20, he hadn't run over 21 in like two and a half years. And suddenly he was running 21.10 or something. And it was, yeah, very weird. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, even though it was a lot of tailwind, uh, I know that I was in really good shape at the time. And you ha- you still have to move your legs that fast. fast. So. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is in the same boat. Like, everyone in that company is doing the same thing. Mm. So where where this season has been kind of cut short and championships aren't happening as of yet going forward um what are your like new goals and targets because obviously evidently you're missing out a year worth of athletics really yeah yeah so my my main goal this year was to be running the european championships in august so when that got cancelled, it was. Uh, I really felt like, yeah, what is my goal? I did, re- didn't really know what was supposed to be my goal this year then. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think going through the season, I'm just going to try to run good races. Just try to work on running relaxed because that is something I've been struggling with. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just like get i think yeah just my goal is to get some good races in in summer in the end of summer and um try to stay consistent and maybe get a pb and then in september i i hope to uh defend my national title in the 200 so uh, yeah it's just uh yeah the goals are a little bit different than they were but i think that the last years i've been underperforming uh at my peak so or i've had bad uh, conditions in my peak races so um i think i think i can still go for a pb this year even if it's not going to be the same competitions and uh, i think it can probably be a pretty exciting season anyways and with with you defending your 200 meter national title in september when would you then take a break to then start back training uh, through uh, through the summer. Um, no. So you, you you said you're competing in. Sorry, I've got a. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So this is that's all going to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Basic. So you're starting. You're competing at the national champs in September. Yeah. Obviously, your season's been cut short between March to, let's say, now. Mm. After that national champs, will you take a break where you don't train or are you just going to go straight through and prepare for your um, 2021 season? Uh, we'll see. I'll probably... I'll see how I feel after the national champs. Uh, usually, I'm not used to taking like a big break because usually I'll just... like train easily for through september and maybe do some long jump uh yeah try like 200 hurdles uh <laughs> <laughs> do, do some. try try all the different 
sports that you can you never know <laughs> yeah do some weightlifting maybe but uh i'm not sure but this year uh yeah i'll i'll see when it comes to it but usually we start up training uh in the start of october um so um usually i just have maybe three weeks easy but uh if i'm motivated i, I don't see any problem with just keeping on training okay cool sounds good um do you have any inspirations in track and field like who's the who's the guy that you consistently watch and think right i need to try and be like that like that guy start is amazing or the top end speed of this guy is amazing and i need to try and get there who's who's the guy for you well woman, uh, what all women <laughs> yeah uh I really, I don't have like one guy that yeah. I really look to. It's, it's more like, uh, yeah, I, I, I look, I look at a lot of people and I try to take inspiration from many places. Uh, and like everywhere where I find like something that someone is doing better than me, I, I love to like, uh, analyze and check where I can improve. Uh, and of course, uh some years ago i was really like uh I'm, i still am probably like a little bit over analyzing my 200 meters and stuff uh I've, I've been checking like my step length and i've i've been checking on other athletes like around my height and seeing like what type of frequencies they have and what my step length is and sort of like that so uh i've checked like on you know degrasse and bromel and uh people around like under 180 because <laughs> uh like to try and find like common ground on uh like where i should be <laughs> <laughs> and also like in my earlier years i found um like a, uh, in 20 around 2014 i think i started finding uh, a canadian guy named jared connaughton yes uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I believe he's like almost the same build as me and he has run 10, 15 and 20, 30. And he has a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, and uh, so some years ago, I was really comparing me a lot against him. Uh, yeah, but really, I, I don't have like one guy, but I try to find inspiration from many places. Okay, sounds good. Um, in terms of Norway, do you have like a lot of contact with the international athletes and who kind of like mentor you as you're building your way through your career at the moment? Uh, I don't have a lot of contact. Uh, I do uh, I do train with, uh, I'm a little bit in, I train a bit with other, like, do you know Jonathan Quarko? Um, I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah he, he got behind, yeah. uh, I believe it was at a bow run, did he win 2017 under 23s? Yeah. Yeah, Quarko was number three, uh, and he got fourth in the two hundred. Um, and uh, I'm friends with him, and we're you kind of beat but not beat, right? What did you say? That's the guy whose record you beat but didn't beat the one fifty, right? Quarko. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. It's... So, um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, I am in contact with like the best uh, or like Quarko. I'm training with him uh, on training camps and stuff. 
uh, and also uh, you know Håkan Andersson, yeah, the Swedish uh, sprint trainer. Uh, I'm in contact with him, and uh, I've done like sprint tests uh, with his group, and uh, uh, I've been training a little bit with like this January. I was training with his group in Tenerife. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't really have any like international, uh, mentors or stuff like that. I don't think. Okay. Um, and in terms of like international competitions with athletes, your age, is there anybody that you kind of pay attention to and you think, okay, cool. I see what they're doing, but, and I need to be here to make sure I'm ahead of them. Uh, well, for the past couple of years, uh, it's been like we've been three sprinters, like at my age in the '98 group. Um, there's been one Danish guy and one Swedish guy that I've been really like we've been head to head in a lot of races. Uh, but the last two years they've been injured. So in 20 like 14, 15, 16, we were going a lot head to head. Uh, so that was fun <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I hope they're coming back soon so we can get some races together again uh, and but yeah like internationally other than that uh, you know Filippo Tortu is the same age as me so uh, I've been looking at him a lot um, and yeah, but yeah, I don't think there's like one guy, but I usually pay attention to like people who uh, break through uh, places. It's I'm really bad with names also. So every time I run against like British guys, it's like I know I know they're going to be fast. <laughs> so it's like yeah, I don't I don't need to like learn a lot of uh, about them because I always know, OK, I have a British guy besides me, so he's going to run fast and uh <laughs> and uh stuff like that but uh yeah apart from the know. british guys do you ever um you know like the do you ever look at other countries you know in the especially for the european under 23s is there any other countries sort of look at in the competition when it goes to worlds or the europeans and think okay this country is a year especially for your 200 because of the stagger do you always prefer certain lanes depending what, on what country is inside you what do what did you say do i so in like European competitions would you ever prefer to have a british guy on your inside lanes or on the outside so you know what you're doing oh uh i don't know really it's uh it depends well now i think i'm comfortable with anything really uh because i'm really i'm used to getting people up besides me and i'm used to getting run away from from the outside so uh i think now i'm really good at just focusing on myself so yourself so i think i'm i'm comfortable with anything really like my fastest race last year was uh, in lane eight uh so and then i was like blind until it was 30 meters left uh, yeah <laughs> uh, and uh yeah on in the under in the under 20 uh, uh, worlds I had uh, Clarence uh, Munyai on my inside. He's ran like 1969 now. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and he was like up besides me, like in 30 meters. And he was just running away from me. But um, 
like that year I had learned from the year before in the under 18s I had I was running in lane one and I had and like the guy outside me ran away from me in the first 30 meters and I was super I got like I was supposed to chill in the turn because it's like it's lane one so I I don't need to uh, use up all my energy here uh, but when I saw the guy in front of me I just Panic. Went blacked out and just, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like almost went out to lane lane two. And I, when I got to the to the straightaway, I was finished. So it was like I had no no power left because I was stressing with keeping in in lane one while doing my max. So the year after in the under twenties, I I had learned that like don't do that, just relax. Uh, so then I managed, even though Clarence got up besides me after 20, 30 meters and ran away from me, I, I just relaxed and focused on my own race. Uh, so, and in like now in, 20, in 2019, I ran really well in lane eight. So I think like right now, uh, I'm really comfortable with most uh, lane positions. Cool. So how do you think, where do you, do you think you want to be in New Year's? Um, are you, you're 21, are you 21 now or 22? Yeah, I'm turning 22 in the end of September. Okay, so where do you, you know, want to see yourself progression-wise? How do you want to improve? Uh, like time-wise? Yeah, I want yeah. to, I want to run around 2070 in the 200 uh it's it's going to be a bit like weird this season or this season i wanted to run 2070 but i'll i think i can do it uh, if i get my mind right and like can get my conditions yeah right conditions and uh, maybe in some way work mentally so i can get the same kind of hype as i do with bigger competitions uh, I think I can do it anyways so if I can do 2080 2070 this year uh, that would be would be really great and then I can go on to uh, try to hit like middle 20s next year because uh, I feel like even though I'm running 21 I ran 21 zero in 2016 and I haven't like my PB hasn't improved but my consistency has improved a lot. Um, so I believe that I have, I can take a big step uh, and it would not be surprising sort of. So I want to, yeah, I would link in two, in two years. I want to be in like the middle twenties. Oh, great. Don't so like where do you, yeah. <laughs> so um, is there a way for you, at the moment to build into these senior teams. What age are you guys allowed to go into the senior teams for your country? Like national teams? Yeah, like national teams. So um, so in, in uh, I think it's a bit different in Norway and Britain because, well, if you're on the national team in Britain, does that mean you get to go to the worlds sort of? Um. Sorry, repeat, repeat what you repeat the question. Sorry. Like if you're on the national team in Britain, what does that mean in sort of in terms of like support and qualification and 
Well, I mean, national team wise, once you're in the top two at trials, you're top two at trials, you're guaranteed um, a place. And then they normally third place would end up going to maybe like one of the last major meets and they might have like a, um, a certain time criteria that they need to meet um, because they didn't finish in the top two. Um, and that's kind of one, that's one of the main ways that you get onto the national team as a junior or a senior, to be fair. Um, and then I suppose some of it comes down to, um, you know, if you're one of the top guys, but you was injured at, at the trials, they might give you a bit of leniency because, you know, you've shown fitness here and you just need a couple of races to get yourself fit. But it, it kind of depends. But generally, if you come top two at the trials and you've got the qualification standard, you're going. Okay. So in Norway, uh, it's like, even though you're top two in your event, you mm. can be far away from the qualification standards for world championships, uh, for example, <laughs> or Europeans. Because we don't have that kind of level in every event. Okay. Uh, so uh, the national team here is more like if you're at the national or we have we have one team called or like for the p past couple of years, we have had uh, team Tokyo, which is the top uh, national team where like Carson Warholm and um, all the like I, I've. I don't know the exact criteria, but if you're like at a, like, of course, if it's, if it's a given that you're going to the Olympics, you're like on team Tokyo. Um, and then we have another national team called now it's, it was team Berlin and now it's team, uh, team Paris. So that is, if you're sort of, um, uh, if it looks like you're going to the European Championships, or if you're on a European Championship level, but not quite on like an Olympic level, you're on the Team Paris. Uh, and I believe they have economical support now on that team. Uh, they didn't before. Before it was like okay. you get a little bit more support from the Federation, I believe, but not like economically. But I believe they've gotten some sponsors now. Uh, and then we have the Junior National Team sort of it's not like a national team but it's a recruitment team uh so it's called uh, uh national youth recruitment team or something like that uh, oh, like, a, like that. a talent development squad yeah sort of so that's what i'm on it's a u23 or you have the under it's mostly under 20 and then it's a little bit if if it if you're under 20 and it looks like you have potential to get and to uh, uh, an international junior meet, uh, then you'll get on the national recruitment team uh, under 20. And under 23, it's more like if uh, if you have the international standards uh, in the under 23 class, then you'll get on the team. And, and they've started to open up that if you're 20, uh, if you are not under 23 anymore, so like me next year, I'm not under 23, but if I'm still on like a higher level, but not quite on a team Paris level, yeah. then I'll still get to uh, remain. Go, yeah, remain on, on the team. So that's the 
sort of like national team stuff we've got going on here. That's good. It's, inter- it's interesting because it's very, very different to us. And again, it's very different to what the Americans do. Every country obviously adapts to what they can. Um, what sports is athletics a big sport in Norway or is there another sport that sort of eclipses it? Like, I think football, rugby, yeah, sort of eclipses it. <laughs> yeah, football is a lot bigger. Uh, like, all of the guys in my training group come from football because uh, the football has a very easy time recruiting But because I believe, like, when you start in first grade uh, on school, everyone starts doing, starts in the football team. Uh but I believe like maybe the youth recruiting has become a little bit better in in athletics now. But um yeah, football is a lot bigger. But um I think the uh, athletics has caught traction the last couple of years and uh um it's growing at the moment. So how do you think you guys can improve it? You know, because you're a junior coming up. How do you think it can go forward and keep building? You know, like the stuff you're doing on YouTube, that's amazing because you've got quite a few thousand subscribers and stuff. How do you think you can keep driving that purpose all the way to the top as well? Um, well, of, of course, it's like now we have a lot of um, front runners uh, in the sport. So I think, uh, I think like maybe the the country just needs to keep developing new front runners that can uh, sort of keep up the image of the sport okay. yeah. for longer. Uh, I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not like an expert in, in like recruitment to the sport. So, but um, yeah, I think uh, like a couple of years ago, no one knew who Carson was. Uh, so and and now it seems like uh, it's a given that you know who he is and uh, we have just like like just like before when athletics were, or like the world athletics has had like Usain Bolt as the one front runner i think Norway now has many front runners so i think that will be really good for uh, for the further development of the sport here. Yeah, because those guys can go into schools, can do talks and um, podcasts, <laughs> yeah. they can um, speak about it and obviously get other people interested, which is great for your country. And the more competition for you, the better, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you always have to, do you have to travel into the likes of Germany, Berlin, and um, places like that for competitions, or do you tend to just stay around Norway? Uh, I run most of my camp competitions in Norway, but I do travel uh, mostly around in Scandinavia. They have some pretty good tracks in Denmark and uh, and Sweden. Uh, there's this one track. Yeah, one of, my, one of my mates goes to Sweden in the summer, around June. He tends to go to Sweden for competitions and stuff because he yeah. loves it there. <laughs> yeah, they have like, um, uh, they have uh, Mondo tracks uh, outside in Sweden. Uh, and those are really quick. Uh, it's like this one track in Skara. It's like a small town in Sweden, but they have like uh, a blue Mondo track. Uh, and everyone, everyone, every Norwegian that runs there runs like a tenth faster in the hundred than they do anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I went there and I ran my first, I ran my first sub 1050 run 
in the heats and then i ran i ran like 1049 plus 2.1 and then in the final i ran 1046 plus uh 1.1 uh uh-huh. and my pb was 10 for uh, 1054 so <laughs> it was uh it's a fast track last track more often <laughs> yeah so but i i would love to um now now that i i got um i did get a sponsor this year uh which would help me travel more to like yes uh germany and maybe france and maybe britain and i would love to travel more to warmer countries and do competitions there uh this year it won't happen now but uh, i think i have something to gain to if i travel more to um like faster competitions international competitions other than uh other than the like under 23 casey oh cool that's um (laughs) that's fantastic um it seems like you've got a lot of things coming up as well. Um, hopefully, you can compete for the rest of the season. Um, we normally do a quick-fire question, just some random questions to see uh, what you're like, to put people to know you as well. Um, Barry. Gigi Amani normally does it. I just realized your name is not the Amani on there. Yeah, no, it's because, um, because it signs into my... Um... I used to sign in via my actual Zoom account and it comes up as this. I could change the name. Right. It's fine. I'll leave it. <laughs> but yeah, so normally we do the quick fire questions. Um, first quick fire question I'm going to ask you is, what is your favourite music to listen to when you're training? Uh, it listens to podcasts. Because <laughs> <laughs> it says yeah. it's on his YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, now that I've been... In this period when I'm training alone, uh, I've just been listening to podcasts and stuff. But really, when uh, when I'm running, I don't usually listen to anything. I like to just just run in the silence. But uh, when I'm like warming up and uh, doing drills and and um, stretching and stuff like that, I like to listen to podcasts. Okay, nice. It's it's different. Um, I think you're the only person who said that they listen to podcasts. I think everyone else has had a different style of music, but I suppose it's not as bad because the podcast is probably a bit more calming. So it just gets you a bit more in a zone. But everyone's different. Um, all right, my next quick fire question will be, what is your favorite type of music? Um, I don't know, really. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I listen to like so much different because uh, I really when I listen to the same music all the time I get tired of it because uh, I found out uh, I'm on the bus a lot. Yeah. So when uh, so a couple of years ago uh, when I finished high school uh, and I was I had one year of just training. Yeah. Uh, before that I was listening to a lot of music, but in 2018 I had uh, like an off year, and that year I I. I was just like, uh, I went on the bus on my way to training, half an hour, just listen to music. On the way back, listening to the same music, going to training again, listening to the same music. And I just got tired of it, so I just started listening to the podcast. But my favorite music probably is like, I don't know, like rap or 
yeah, it's it's evolved a little bit. Like when I was younger, I just listened to like Linkin, Linkin Park and rock, mm. and now I listen to more. And then I started listening to more Eminem, and now it's more a little bit hip hop. That's right, Eminem's one of the. I like to switch it up a little bit though. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, do you watch movies? If so, what's your favorite type of movie? I love uh, Marvel movies, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, me and me and my girlfriend actually uh, planned that uh, we're going to do like a Marvel marathon with uh, all the movies and also the television series when we get time. <laughs> I've just I've just finished it. <laughs> oh, a marathon. Wouldn't yeah, you? I've just finished it. I've oh, just cool. gone through the whole thing again. Like, I forgot how some of the parts from Captain America. Yeah. Um, so I've just seen a lot of those. And it's sort of, like, interesting to go back into this whole thing. Because I watched Captain Carter. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. with watching that, you sort of understand a lot more about um, Captain, <laughs> Captain America. So it was quite interesting to see the flow of things that way. Uh, so it's been, it's been brilliant. Yeah, Captain Carter is one to watch, I think, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> What's your favourite Marvel movie? My favourite? Um, I think it's one of the last ones. Uh, or like uh, maybe either Infinity War or Endgame. Maybe, maybe Endgame. I, I really loved how like when they went back in time and stuff and uh, like back and forth and yeah I, I just thought it was like really exciting <laughs> i think i think for me completions of stories obviously end game but i think for overall action infinity war for me was there yeah i think because i think like the fight scene with Thanos in the first one in Infinity War was better than what they done in the second one. Second one, yeah. yeah the 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 first uh, fight scene with Thanos in the second one was. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a lot because that him versus Hulk, I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like and <laughs> oh. I love when like Thor came in the in Infinity War. Yep, that's probably one of the best movie entrances I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what with with his belly? <laughs> no, no, no. Forget the belly. That 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 person doesn't exist in my world. <laughs> well, to be fair, in in the comics, that is actually a character that he um that they had him do. But I just felt like nah, not for Endgame. For Endgame, he he came into Infinity War like some boss, and then you showed. <laughs> yeah. Like, but hey ho. Um, okay, what's your favorite fast food? Fast food? Uh, ke- uh, kebab. Anywhere oh, nice. Where, where you've had your best kebab? My best kebab? Yeah. It's actually here uh, where I live on my island. It's uh, We have uh, one called Fellini. So right. it's... Uh, yeah, that's the best kebab. Fellini. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as an athlete, do you have a specific diet that you follow, or is it kind of just follow these basic guidelines where you can generally eat what you like? Yeah, uh, I don't really have a specific diet, but um, 
I try to eat like as healthy as possible, like or just um, varied uh, greens, a lot of greens, and uh, yeah, just usual Norwegian food really. And uh, I try to I try to stay away from sugar if it or like unnecessary sugar. Uh, but uh, yeah, if I if I want a cookie, I'll eat it. And uh, but yeah, for the most part, I just try to eat as healthy, healthy as possible. Okay, cool. All right. Um, look, thank you for coming on the channel. It's been great. Um, hopefully we'll get you on here as soon as, you know, traveling is allowed again and, and you're in the country, we'll, we'll arrange to, to get you on and we can meet you face to face and we can have a proper full scale interview. Yeah, that would be amazing. Stuff. But um, yeah, honestly, thank you for, for coming on. It's much appreciated to take some time out of your day and and join us on here so thank you for inviting me no problem man um make sure you plug your your instagram your youtube channel YouTube channel. so yeah plug it so we know how where we can find you and everyone else can know where they can find you as well yeah so you'll find me on youtube at uh, matthias hove johansson it's uh or matthias hove johansson uh, yeah just write that out and you'll find me and on instagram i'm h-o-v-e-j-o-h-a so like my middle name and my first part of my second name or you can just search for matthias hova johansson and you'll find me all right guys you see that so let me plug that at the bottom of this channel i'm dj armani follow me at dj armani one instagram and soundcloud victor pandora Dect or victor performance squad <laughs> all right cool guys it's been it's been great Hopefully I'll catch up with you guys very, very soon. All right. Peace. This is Athletics Productions. I am DJ Armani signing out. Cheers. Cheers.